Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. The other host of this podcast, many would say the lead host of this podcast. He's the man they call Josie, Andrew Watts. Hello, Greg. And none, none would say that. Zero. I think I hope everybody would would look at us and say they are very equally splitting the uh, the the duties there. It is very very kind of you to say that. Right right in right right yeah. in seven eight seven. I'm just yeah yeah. <laughs> Line them up eight 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 seven eight seven. <laughs> um, this is uh the the Ryla Cast Rotary uh the official podcast Camp Ryla Rotary District fifty eight ten. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Um, before we get into uh, the the meat of this podcast, and we've got a, a very good podcast coming up. Um, I don't want to oversell, but we have Janina Johnson on the podcast, which is a big get for this little podcast. Oh, yeah. You can't really oversell that. No, it's a, it's a big get for us. Um, and I've got a few things to, to talk about as well. But, but first, I... Okay. Do you ever have something that you've just been thinking about all day and all you want to do is talk about to everybody? Yes. Okay. Uh, this has been happening to me. Josie, okay. I need to tell you about a TV show I watched. Tell me about it. Okay. Um, I need to tell you about, and, and, and to be very clear about this, this is not a new show. This is not some sort of like hipster thing of like, oh, <laughs> hey, here's this obscure show that that I discovered on some niche platform. <laughs> Uh, no, no, this is a show that has been like an, an award winning show that I just got around to watching because I have children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Josie, do you have Apple TV plus? Um, I, 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 I do. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm not going to recommend Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is fine. Like, you know, watch Ted Lasso, I suppose. That's not what I'm talking about. Josie, have you watched Severance? Uh, I have not. Is that, is it, um, what's that guy's name? Adam um, Scott. Thank you, Adam. I was going to say Adam, Adam Scott, Driver, it's, and it's, it's not Adam Driver. It's Ben. It's Ben. I always think of him as Ben from Parks and Rec. Okay, um, I think of it as the brother from Step Brothers. So. Oh, yeah. He's, the, oh, he's Derek. He's Derek, Derek from Step Brothers. <laughs> what a poll. Uh, <laughs> exactly right. Uh, okay, so Severance is a, um, and I want to recommend this show because I can't stop thinking about it. And I don't know if I've ever experienced anything quite like it. It's nine episodes. Episodes are about 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes. Okay. Um, the, the elevator pitch is that um, Adam Scott's the lead. He's a guy named Mark. He's an employee at this like major corporation uh, called Lumen to Industries. And he agrees to a new technology called Severance in which... Uh, they go and they install a chip in your brain and it separates your non-work memories from your work memories. So when he okay. goes to work and he goes to a certain, and he goes to the, the severed floor, he doesn't know anything about his outside world. Doesn't know that he has parents. Doesn't know that he has a sister. He has a sister. Um, doesn't know anything about his outside world. And then whenever he goes back up and out of the, out of work, then he um, he doesn't know anything about work. He doesn't know anything about it. Okay, uh, it's like a mind wipe medical procedure to separate the consciousness of the of employees between their lives at work and outside of it. A true um, work life balance. 
that's exactly the, the, the like the cell. The cell is like, oh, like if you've ever wanted to work life balance, like here you go. You don't have to think about work whenever you're not at work because you're just a totally different person. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it is a psychological thriller. Um, it is uh, uh, Ben Stiller is a director on this. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. And, but he and he's it's it's really well made. It's very creepy. I don't want to say too much because I went into it pretty cold and it was great. Um, but, uh, Adam Scott, the, the cast is great. Uh, John Turturro is on there. Uh, okay. John Turturro is great. Christopher Walken shows up, ah. um, Patricia Arquette's in it. It is really good. It's severance. And it, 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 I think it really, uh, it gets you thinking about what makes us human, what makes like relationships real, what makes like things like that. It's very, very, it, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, for example, like it's just a small thing when they are, when, when they are in at, at work, they call them, they call that person their innie (laughs) and when they're outside of work, they call it their Audi, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, and, but it is, it is just really fascinating. So I want to recommend severance. It's really good and it just gets you thinking and it sticks with you. And it's just, there are two or three moments that will make you gasp out loud and they're just great. It's not like gory or anything like that. So you don't need to worry about that. But okay. Severance. Severance. I'm going to add it to the list and I'm right there with you in terms of behind on things. Uh, yeah. Kevin keeps texting me. Have you seen the latest of this? And I, every time I, I take a deep breath and I want to write, I have a wife and child. I, I can't, I can't. Let me tell you, the answer is always no. It's (laughs) always no. I will watch it three years from now and text you about it then. Yes, most certainly. Anyway, uh, that's one thing I want to get off the top. But now it's time for the the actual, I suppose, start of the podcast. And I've got the big segment this week. And Josie, I would like to tell you a story. I'm ready to listen to a story. and, And this story, like all great stories, begins... In Coleman, Texas. Okay. Beautiful Coleman, Texas. Do you know the mascot of the Col- of, of Coleman High School? Uh, probably not a cooler, right? Uh, no, it is the uh, it's the Blue Cats. Okay. They're the Coleman Blue Cats. That is not germane to this story, but <laughs> it's a great. It, it's an important fact. I think we all agree. Uh, yes, I, I do agree. Fact. So we're going back to 1974, and uh, Jerry Harvey is a uh is a professor and he and is visiting he and his wife are visiting his wife's parents in coleman and there's a heat wave going on in texas there's a he's he's spending time with his in-laws and it is hotter than it's 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 texas okay he says it's like 104 it's very very hot and his father-in-law suggests that hey you know what let's all go to dinner Let's go to dinner tonight. You guys are in town. We'll go to dinner. Uh, we'll go. Uh, we'll go to the big city. We'll go to Abilene. Okay. Mm. Abilene's 53 miles away. Um, okay. Let's go to dinner in Abilene. Okay. Um, so father-in-law suggested Harvey kind of goes along. It's like, yeah, that sounds great. His wife and his mother-in-law agree. It's like, yeah, sure. That, that sounds great. So they all go to dinner and they all come back and they're all miserable. Okay. They're hot and they're irritated. Uh, and that's when, uh, that's when his, uh, Jerry Harvey's mother-in-law admits, she's like, you know, I always thought going to Abilene was a terrible idea. I'd rather have stayed home. 
That's when Harvey and his wife say, yeah, you know, we didn't really want to go either, but, you know, dad wanted to go, so we we went. And then and then his father-in-law says, you know, I didn't really want to travel in an unconditioned car. I just thought, like, you know, this is just something we can go do. He, he just suggested because he thought, like, the, the guests were getting bored. Stuff like that. Um, so basically, they all went on a miserable trip that nobody wanted to go on. <laughs> That's the story. And so, um, so uh, Jerry Harvey is a, a professor of management science at George Washington University in D.C., and he dubbed this the Abilene Paradox. Okay, uh, okay. He dubbed this the Abilene Paradox, which is basically the idea of going along to get along. Okay, the idea of everyone agreeing on a less than ideal course of action. And and I think we can, we can all think of situations where where we've been a part of that, where it's like, oh, you know what? I just I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to be a part of, you know, I don't want to go and, 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 and make this uh, you know, be a big deal. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, it's fine. We can just, we'll just, we'll go, you know, we'll, 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 um, we'll just do what the, what the group says, what the consensus is. I'll go along with it. Now I want to be very clear. This is not groupthink. I think groupthink is very different. Uh, there's a, another researcher who said that groupthink is a unanimous decision that's driven by like a high energy desire for cohesiveness and group harmony. But the Abilene paradox is a low energy where it's just like, I just, I just don't want to make a big deal out of this. You know what I mean? More, more apathy than, uh, yeah. Than... It's like, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, but that is, that can be really problematic. You know what I mean? Like failure to speak up, uh, for yourself and, and what you think can, can ultimately come to, uh, a, unanimous or near unanimous decision that nobody likes, you know, and it's easy right. to see how this, this can happen. Um, because it's, it's the idea of like, if there's rule by committee, um, then like what you're saying is like, Oh, well I'm smarter than everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I know better. Like you guys are all dumb. You know, and you don't want to, you don't want to rock the boat. I certainly get that. Um, it can also help make people feel like they're absolved of responsibility for a decision. It's like, ah, well, you know, we all agreed on this. Like, it's not, it's not on me if mm. this doesn't work. But ultimately, that's not the best decision for the group. Like, it was not the right decision for the Harvey, for Har Jerry Harvey and his in-laws to go to Abilene because nobody had a good time. They all thought it was going to be a bad idea, and it was. And so, I think that that is something that is easy to fall into in group situations of okay like this feels like something that everybody can get on board with and so why don't we just kind of go along to get along you know what like like what like don't rock the boat but sometimes when you don't rock the boat that sinks the boat and mm. and i think that that's that i, I read a little bit about this and so uh i've, I've got an article up here from uh, a woman named dr dr hannah rose and she mentions that there are some strategies to help kind of recognize the paradox and like limit its potential for damage. One of them is to just foster a safe environment where people like, like, you know, having psychological safety, basically just saying like, otherwise team members are going to be quiet. They're going to, there's basically agree. But if you are safe, then you're more comfortable speaking up. Uh, also, um, you know, make space for honest discussions. And that is basically just saying like one thing we did, and this is something that we did at my, at my job, we did a, an annual meeting and we had, uh, a, a, just a, a, my team 
And we started with an airing of the grievances <laughs> where I just said, I was like, all right, guys, let's take 10 minutes. Like what bugs you? Like what's like, let's be honest about this. Like take your time. And so being intentional about identifying some spaces where it's like, yeah, whatever, like, what are you thinking? Just make some space for it. So like, let's talk about this realistically and honestly, that you're not going to make somebody mad. We're just, we all know we're trying to get the best out of this. And then uh, the other one is to be transparent and addressing feedback. Um, you know, there's going to be times when there are opinions that you disagree with. Uh, but it's important to offer feedback to those team members who maybe their, their suggestions are not taken. You know what I mean? And explain right. the rationale behind the, behind the final decision so that everybody does feel like they've got some skin in the game, like their voice matters. Um, but I think it's real. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. And I, I thought a lot about that because I, I can certainly think of a couple of instances in my life where it gets to a, it gets to a, um, it gets to a particular like decision and you don't feel great walking out of it. And it turns out kind of nobody does, but it's the one that everybody could agree on. And, and I don't know, I, I, I thought that, that that was interesting and it included the Coleman blue cats, uh, in a, in a roundabout way. So, uh, there you go. The Abilene paradox uh, is, is what I want to talk about today. No, I, 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 I find that fascinating because you know, to your point, I, I feel like as you're describing it, that could spiral to, to where it, it's going to come to a head. Oh yeah. Right. And then somebody's going to say, oh, I never thought that, you know, whatever, never thought that would work. And then it feels like you could go one of two ways of, well, yeah, why, why couldn't you see that? You know, and, yeah. and it feels like it could blow up the team. It's, um, it's one of those things where like, we always, I don't know, we, we talk a lot at camp. We talk a lot in the program. We talk a lot about, um, managing conflict, right. And trying right. like, like conflict resolution, but sometimes like not all conflict is bad. And especially if there is a decision that's going to be made that like nobody really likes, like they, they like to, to use a really like grim example. Um, the, 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 this Dr. Hannah Rose blamed the, uh, the, 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 the challenger explosion mm. on that, that basically like, the group kind of collectively disregarded warnings from engineers. They're like, ah, you know, like we, we, there've been delays and cancellations and stuff like that. Uh, We want to launch this thing. We all want to launch this thing. Let's just, let's just go. You know what I mean? When probably they should, you know, there's people who who probably knew better that just said, ah, you know what? There's enough people, smart people who think so. We might as well just go along. I don't want to, I don't want to be the one to, to throw another wrench in it. And obviously it had tragic results, but it is, it, it does, strike me as one of those like it can sound like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth where we're like oh we want to be really good at conflict resolution but here's a situation where like yeah (laughs) you should probably have a little bit of conflict like conflict can be positive right so anyway fascinating there you go the abilene paradox if you want to read more about it it was a 1974 article that jerry b harvey wrote so there you go all right Let's get on with our guest. We had a great conversation with Janina Johnson. Here's our conversation with Janina Johnson here on the Rylancast. Oh, Josie. Oh, Greg. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we had a guestless podcast because we weren't able to book a guest? And then a couple of weeks before that, whenever we had another guestless podcast because we weren't able to uh, to book a guest? That's ringing a bell. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Several okay. episodes are. Mm. Unrelated to that, we're pleased to be joined <laughs> by 
the guest, this week's guest on the Rylacast, uh, a much, a much uh, anticipated guest on the Rylacast. We're pleased to be joined by our friend Janina Johnson. Hi, Janina. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. You're a tough book. Sorry. <laughs> You're you. <laughs> we've been trying to. Uh, Josie will tell. Will, will will vouch. We have been trying literally for months to get you months. on the podcast. Months. Sorry, guys. I'm constantly busy <laughs> uh, yeah i look i'm not i'm you don't owe us an apology uh now the listeners maybe but you know that's not that's not here or there um <laughs> janina thank you for taking some time uh uh tonight with us uh let's start uh with this that uh, we would like to ask folks about how they came to be involved uh in the rila program uh by uh kind of asking their rila story what is what is your rila story Okay, so it was spring 2001. Jeez, it's mm. been so long. I don't remember when I was a camper. Um, <laughs> and my counselor at school was like, hey, there's this program. I think you should apply. And um, I talked to some other girls in my class, and a couple of the other ones decided they were going to do it. And we went, filled out the application. Um, the Rotarians came to the school and interviewed us in the library and I just got a message saying, Hey, you're going to go to this. And it was honestly the first time that I had slept away from home other than like at a friend's house for one night. So I was very like scared. And my parents, I was like, they're not going to let me go because they've never let me spend the night somewhere without them or my grandparents. And they were like, no, you can go. We're fine. We think it's time for you to go. So yeah, that's how I, I got to camp. It was uh, just, I applied, didn't know what I was getting into. And then suddenly my parents were like, yeah, it'll be fine. And uh, one of the Rotarians picked me up from the house and drove me out to Bridgeport Texas. Ooh, shout um, out Bridgeport. <laughs> shout out to Bridgeport. Uh, I never, like I said, never, never camped, never been anywhere. I was very scared uh, because that list that they gave us of things to bring was a little intimidating at the time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the same list. I don't think the list has changed, but uh, yeah. You, did you bring your fishing equipment? I think that I was... did not bring my fishing equipment, but I did bring like an extra pair of dirty shoes. And I'm so glad because we really like we got in the lake back then. Like it wasn't like where y'all put the canoes up to like the place so that they can like get off the dock. Uh, -uh There was no dock. It was just muddy. Get in the water marsh area. <laughs> So, so y'all are the reason we now we now have a dock. Yes, <laughs> we are the reason you now have a dock. Exactly. Um, okay. So, what do you do? So, so two thousand one. Fast forward to twenty twenty three. What do you do now? Um. Well, after college, I uh, was staying on my mom's couch uh, post Ryla because I was a counselor right after I graduated college with no job. Um, I just didn't kind of know what I was doing. And my mom's like, hey, come get a job at the insurance company I work at. And I was like, okay. So I got a job there, uh, did well, 
stayed there for 15 and a half years um I became a manager like it was great I, I loved my career there but um last year I was somewhere saw another Ryla person heard where he worked said hey I've applied there and I hadn't heard back and he was like give me a resume and so I did and I got an interview and the interview turned into two more which turned into a new job so a year ago Right now, I was changing careers from insurance from 15 and a half years, and now I'm in the financial tech industry, which sounds fancy. Um, but uh, so your mortgages, all that stuff, when you need MLS sheets and things like that, my company supplies uh, most of that. They supply most of the flood data for the country. Um, they're just a big data company within the finance, industry, banking, tax, all of that, they encompass all of that stuff. So that's where I work. And what I do is if anybody has questions, any of those banks, you know, from your big JP Morgan banks down to your mom and pop Main Street banks to your big real estate companies like um, Redfin, all the way down to your mom and pop um, Joe and Ann's real estate company on Main Street, uh, they can buy our products. And if they have questions, they come to my little seven-man team and we answer their questions about the products that we sell. So I want to go back to 2001 where you, you <sighs> mentioned, you, you mentioned, we can go back and just listen to all the music. Well, I'll just turn on <laughs> 94.5 The Edge and it'll be great. Um, that's a reference for exactly three that's, listeners. That is a deep cut. <laughs> um, we'll go to Edgefest. Uh, all that's to say, we go back to 2001, and you mentioned that going to camp was your first time really away from home in any sort mm-hmm. of meaningful way. Uh, you're now a counselor, and you're a, you're a, you're a mainstay on on the, uh, as a counselor at, at camp. And I'm interested in how that your experience, uh, that particular experience of you being that being your first time away from from your parents uh, and really away from home kind of colors and and helps your counseling style, like how you draw from your own personal experience and, and kind of spin that forward into your own counseling ways. Um, so I think first it allows me to identify with the parents because when you go to the parent meetings and you're talking to parents and they're like, I don't know what I've signed my kid up for, like, just being able to identify with them on that level saying, Hey, we've been here. We've actually been a camper. I was a camper that had never been away from home. It allows me to kind of interface with the parents, I think on a level that um, kind of makes them feel comfortable, which then in turn makes the student feel more comfortable. And even just when the campers get to the cabin, just kind of, I will have already emailed them or talked to them on the phone. Um, and read their application. So I'll kind of get a feel of, is this their first time away from home? Or have they been to band camp? Have they been to cheer camp? Or have they been to any of those kind of things? And I can kind of judge who needs a little more um, kind of love in that situation of, oh, they're away from home and they don't have their cell phone. So um, I need to make sure that they're getting the attention and interaction that somebody that you know, travels for AAU basketball every weekend might not need because they're used to kind of being away from home. So it kind of helps me tailor my 
counseling style towards my students, but also towards their parents and reassuring their parents that they're in safe hands and that we're going to take care of them. So you, you're, I'd, I'd call you an alum, Jania, who's had your, your hand in multiple roles um, at camp. Uh, what, what keeps you coming back, so to speak, or staying involved with the program? Um, for me, I keep coming back because I love to see every year's transformation. I get to watch students come from their first orientation parent meeting starting in April. And I get to watch their little faces as they kind of feel like, what did I sign up for? And then I get to see them show up at camp and transform and grow and learn and come out on the other side with all this knowledge and all these tools that I'm, I know that they're going to use in the remainder of their life. And then I get to start that process up again in August and see some of those same students do um, advisory. And I watch them grow their skills in advisory. And then we come back around to April of the next year. And some of those students get interviewed and they come back as um, assistant counselors or activities uh, counselors. And that to me is what I gain out of it. Like, I love Josie. I love Greg. I love your kids. I enjoy seeing you. I enjoy hanging out with you, but I could do that on the regular. That doesn't. For sure. Yeah. I'll just yeah, come over to school. Yeah. That doesn't keep me coming back. Um, Cause I can see you when I want to. It's getting to meet the students, watch them grow, watch them apply these things in their life and then watch them move on. So I think my first year as a counselor was 06 when I graduated college. And I have had girls that have come back that are now counselors. And I'm going to be on staff with two of them this year, uh, which is cool that two of the people that were in my cabin, like two years that I thought were my actual worst years. And they were like, no, it was great. We loved you. We learned so much. I get to be on staff with two of those young women. And that to me is amazing because I watched them come through as campers and now they're in their careers, they're getting married, they're planning the rest of their lives. And I get to see how all of that has evolved through Ryla. And that's what kind of keeps me coming back every year. That is really cool. And I, to, to put that in perspective to folks who haven't been or experienced camp, that means 30% of female counselors will either be Janina or have gone through Janina's cabin. <laughs> That's kind of cool when you put it like that. I love statistics. <laughs> uh, well, that's really cool. Um, well, we, we are at the point in the interview where... This, is the, this is the most interesting point in the interview because uh -oh. I have no idea where she's going. Now, now I'm I'm questioning every. Nope, I'm... this is the best part. <laughs> uh, we, we've we've come to the point of the interview, and I know you're an avid listener, so you know what's coming up, um, where we ask our our guests to plug something, and it could be a book, a podcast, um, where not to launch your canoes at a summer camp, um, <laughs> and anything. But we're going to turn the hand the keys. Uh, over to you, Janina. Jo Josie, like, like, do you realize the multitude of things that Janina might say here? Like, it could be anything. If you follow her on Instagram, you know it could be 
literally anything. So I'm fascinated by what we're about to get. I did not come prepared for anything because like Even Greg better. said, it could it could be anything. Um so this week I think it might be uh it might be anime. I yeah. I know last year around this time I was very deep into K dramas, like I even mentioned them in my bio for camp last year. <laughs> but um this week <laughs> <laughs> this time of year, I've kind of switched gears and I'm more into anime. Uh, so I just got a new Sailor Moon backpack today. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, so I would just, you know what? Just anything in another language. Because hmm. I love, I love, love, love any kind of media that makes me think outside the box. And Kind of right now, I'm watching supernatural television shows from like Japan and Thailand. And of course, my language is very conversational. So I, I cannot speak to you in Japanese or Thai very well, but I can kind of pick up on some things. So I read a lot of subtitles. So I would definitely just recommend any kind of content in another language, specifically anything from japan or thailand currently so so let me let me ask you about that is there because i think that people may hear anime and they may mm. be like uh overwhelmed uh gotcha. can you recommend one or two like as our let's just say like a like to ease into and like to start because i watched a couple of them and i think that i went into a couple of them like not ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta be, you've gotta be ready. Like one of my, one of the first ones I ever watched was attack on Titan, which oh, is, no. which is great. <laughs> but if it's your first anime, That's that is drinking from old fire hose. Yes. Uh, so do you have one or two that you would recommend for, let's just say anime novices? Yes. So I would say Yu Yu Hakusho. It is older. Um, you can catch it on Crunchyroll currently. I think, think is the one that's streaming it um possibly hulu as well i think hulu's uh streaming it as well mm -hmm. um it's a great intro great story uh and it's pa the pacing is good so you won't feel overwhelmed and you won't feel if you're like not a fan of anything too gruesome or anything like that like it doesn't have anything like that mm -hmm. so i would definitely recommend that for an anime if you're just looking, if you're like, I'm not really into anime or cartoons or anything like that. And you're just like, I just want like a soup because that has a supernatural spin to it. Mm -hmm. um, and you're just like, I just want a supernatural show. Like if you liked the American show super, Supernatural, um, this is a great one for you. It's Thai and it's live action and it's called Midnight Museum. And you can watch it for free on YouTube. So hmm. it doesn't Midnight cost Museum. you anything. You just log into YouTube and look up Midnight Museum, and it's a great supernatural feel of a show. Now, is it a little hokey? Yes. I mean, hmm. come on, guys. It's, you know, a low-budget television show. But it's great, and I recommend it. So now I want to ask you, uh, the, the, the real reason we had you on is that you are known far and wide at Camp Ryla as the best packed staffer um <laughs> your packing for camp is legendary uh can you give us 
Janina's Guide to Packing for Camp. So it's a great thing you ask because I'm sitting at my desk. The, the best packing tip I can give you is start early. Mm. Yes, it is March 21st, but I already have my list together. I already have my uh, back guest room what? Uh, laid out because <laughs> I want to make sure I have everything that I need. So I have to go through. Uh, I keep everything in the shed. So I go up to the shed and I'm like, okay, let me take inventory of what I have, what's expired, what needs new batteries, everything like that. And then I just start organizing it by box. And I'm like, this is a box of decorations. This is the box of giveaways. This is the box of bathroom items. And I just start lining everything up. So by the time camp comes, I'm not packing anything like so next week on my timeline, it's probably time for me to pull out all of my camp shirts and just dump them into a piece of luggage because that's, you know, what I need. And I'll start taking inventory. Like I already bought all my socks. Like, I, yes, I buy new socks every mm. year for camp. Please don't judge me. No, um, I love it. <laughs> that, but, that's a great pro tip, by the way. Sorry mm. to interrupt. Oh, so, buy socks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and they're only four camps, so these aren't going to be just randomly in rotation later. Um, and you start, you know, every time you think of something, write it down. And also put a list on Amazon. Share that list with Am on Amazon with your friends, your Amazon wish list. You never know who will buy stuff for you. I have mm. friends that are like, we can't come visit you this year, but we know you are doing camp. So they buy me things off my Amazon gift list, and then I don't have to buy things for camp. Oh, that's a really good tip. Uh, Janina, uh, it, it, it was a long time coming, but we do appreciate you uh, taking time on, on the Rylacast and, and, and giving us really, we brought you on just, just because we needed help packing. So, uh, <laughs> but, but thank you for your time and thanks for helping on with us. You're welcome. Camping chairs are on sale at Sam's right now for $21. And if you want the love seat for both your male and female counselor, they're on for $16.99. FYI. She is Janina Johnson. We do appreciate her time. Again, a very tough book uh, to get her. She's uh, she's in high demand, uh, but uh, but it's, it's a really it's a real feather in our cap here at the Rallycast that we were able to get Janina on the show. When do you start packing? Um, let's see. Uh, what is like twelve hours before <laughs> camp? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I there's definitely like. I don't know. There's there's things that I pack. Like for example, uh, I think people know that I, I've, uh, I've roomed with uh, Brett Scroggins a couple of times, mm -hmm. and uh, and and Brett and I really pride ourselves on the cleanliness and the um, uh, the uh, scent of our room. Okay. And so I I plan on things like that. You know, like I, we we like to because I you know I want to make sure I'm impressing Brett and make right. sure that that I'm holding up my end of the bargain. But as far as like clothes, it's like it's like day of. It's like might as well be day of. Yeah, so. there's a couple things I guess that I I think about, and then I inevitably it's like a day before, and I'm like, oh, I I should have definitely done this before now. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Janina, she's got it. She's two months ahead of schedule. So uh, anyway, we appreciate her time as always. All right, we're rounding third and heading to home to use a baseball metaphor because this is the f last episode before baseball season. Um, and here to close us out is the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Well, thank you, Greg. And before I start, you know, there's been some disparaging remarks about Abilene 
and um, mm. as a as a former resident, I just mm. want to say that I think it's a lovely town. I think and, I think Abilene's great. Uh, the the Chili's I frequented because there were no <laughs> other really good restaurants to go when I lived there um, was a great place. But I've, uh, I've been to Abilene multiple times. Um, I've I think the this is, this is you know probably just telling about me and my life work. <laughs> Uh, the place that I've eaten the most in Abilene is the press box at Shotwell Stadium. I, <laughs> I was going to say uh, Shotwell Stadium. Um, uh, there, but, uh, but I will just say that their Frito pie hits. It's mm. really good. It's one, of the, it's one of the top two Frito pies I've had in a press box. I've, I've gone to Shotwell Stadium one time, and that was to see whatever team uh, Coach Egger coached at the time. But oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess they would. Yeah, they were region two teams. So they probably play a region one team in the semifinals. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Get on with your point. Yes, my point. My point. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was thinking of a topic, something to leave you with today, and uh, listen to a, a little podcast. Um, there was no, there was no point about Abilene. Um, <laughs> a podcast, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> about. Um, I, I, I struggle. I, I hesitate to say the term self-care, but uh, I, I was thinking about a um, and I, I, I struggle to say the term because I want to be more actionable and direct with with where that's going. And I was trying to think of a leadership topic to discuss. And I realized that um, kind of personal development, self-care, that's where if you're going to lead a group of people you, you kind of have to have things, not have to, but it, it helps to have things together. Um, and the, the podcast I was listening to was discussing um, non-negotiables. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. Um, I am. I, I mean, I can kind of parse it a little bit, but I'm interested in where you're going with this. Yeah. So, so, so at the core, non-negotiables are any deeply held beliefs that are so important to you that you will not compromise them. So you, you, they're, they're non-negotiable. Um, and this particular podcast was, it's a, it was a random podcast health focused. Um, but the idea that, you know, he has kind of umbrellas of whether it's health, personal life, um, career, these, these ideas of non-negotiables and, and how he differentiates, you know, something that he wants to be a non-negotiable versus something that is a non-negotiable is he'll move mountains to make sure the non-negotiable item is not touched, yeah. uh, which, which I thought was fascinating. He, he, there, a metaphor of, um, you know, to, if you set up dominoes and you want the dominoes to fall, there are some strategic dominoes you can hit first. Um, and, and you need to be strategic about the goals you set up for yourself. And these ideas of setting up goals um, to help with commitment is where this non-negotiable comes into play. And I just thought that was a very interesting concept um, that could work both in a, in a personal life. He was coming at it from he has a wife and kids. And uh, he said, you know, this wouldn't work for me at, at 22. And I thought, you know, I wonder if uh, the majority of our listeners are in that 22 year old and, and above range. Um, so felt like this was a good topic that, that spanned the, the gamut. Um, so just a quick, how to determine what your non-negotiables are, uh, write a ranked list of your core values, you know, and that goes, it may include things like 
finding a purpose in life that's larger than yourself, uh, or it could be something as seemingly simple as being honest, uh, you know, being a servant leader, helping others, uh, and then write a list of your top 10 priorities and make a list of goals to help you achieve those and then define what is non-negotiable about each goal. You know, like if, if your health is a priority and you want to get, you know, eight hours of sleep, what time do you have to go to bed to wake up by a certain time to get eight hours? And then that becomes a non-negotiable time. Um, and of course, like everything, there's a, there are exceptions to the rule, but, but 99.9% of the time, um, your non-negotiables are not negotiable. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I like that. That basically like where, like the hills you're willing to die on, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I think that it's, it's, it's important to know where that line is. You know what I mean? And hopefully it never gets there. Right. You know what I mean? But like right. you need, to, I think it's important for everybody to know exactly where that is. So, uh, yeah. Fascinating stuff. Thanks, Josie. Thanks, Greg. Um, and that is going to do it for this episode of the Riley cast. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your time with us. We day with us rather. We hope you will go to our website, Ryla 5810.org. All sorts of good stuff there. Um, just, you know, all sorts of good stuff. Just, if you just like, peruse, just peruse, you know, browse, spend some time, make it your homepage. It's great. Anyway, so check it out. Ryla 5810.org. Uh, and then, uh, we would really appreciate it if you were to, uh, go and, uh, tell a friend about this, uh, rate, subscribe and tell a friend about this podcast. And here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the Ryla cast is Josie. So it is baseball season. And, uh, if you've noticed on the pitcher mount pitchers mounds, they have these logos now, you know, like the Texas Rangers do the nice little T into the sand. Mm-hmm. So, um, befriend a member of the grounds crew, the oh, old fashioned yeah. way, you know, take them out for coffee and and get a stencil that says listen to the Ryla cast so that on the back of the mound in the sand where the pitcher doesn't go you know it'll be nice and perfect you can you can stencil listen to the Ryla cast you have to be a little creative about the lettering and everything but um that's going to be a way to get the masses to listen to see the message that'd be that seems like a perfect way to do it cuz baseball's <laughs> booming right now yeah, and it's um, antiquated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Craig. Talk to you guys next time on the Rylock.